Welcome to the Buddhist Recovery Network podcast. My name is Thomas Valentine. Thanks for listening to our inaugural launch. Um, yeah, this is the very first Buddhist Recovery Network podcast. It's just really exciting that we get to offer this. Um, our theme music comes from the lovely Michael Larson on piano and Casey Felt on cello. Uh, every month, so we're every month we're going to be releasing some Dharma recovery via podcast in hopes that coming in contact with these teachings can you know aid in our recovery. So please subscribe if you want to catch us every month. You can also support us by offering Donna at BuddhistRecovery.org forward slash donate. Everything the BRN offers is free of charge, which is in line with the Dharma path. The teaching that we are sharing this month comes from a BRN Academy session, which is a live Dharma teaching we offer the first Sunday of every month. Um, the next one is February 3rd, so feel free to check out BuddhistRecovery.org forward slash academy to see our lineup of Buddhist recovery teachers uh, and to register. So the format of the talks are um, a couple minute meditation followed by a Dharma talk from the teacher and close with a chance for a Q&A of um, everyone attending the live talk. So without further ado, here's our talk. Tuary is the guiding teacher, one of the guiding teachers for the Seattle Insight Meditation Society. She's a retired prosecuting attorney who's practiced with Pashana meditation for over 25 years. A longtime active member and volunteer of the society, she was appointed to be a local Dharma teacher in 2009. It has often supported the society in unconventional ways, such as answering letters from practitioners in prison offering beginning classes for women uh, at Angeline Women's Shelter and Jubilee House, and facilitating workshops using nonviolent communication to support a mindfulness practice. Tuary believes that urban meditation is the foundation for a path to liberation. She's inspired by bringing the Dharma to non-traditional places and is a strong advocate for practitioners living with high stress, past trauma, and difficulties sitting still. Having completed extensive trainings in Spirit Rock's Dharma Leadership Program in a Focusing for Complex Trauma course and a one-year mindfulness-based mind fitness training course, she has a long history of assisting others in establishing and maintaining a daily practice. She's interested in the addiction to depression and recovery from it through the Buddhist teachings. Welcome to Ari. Thank you for being here with us. And I'm going to bring her on now. And I do apologize for um, any problems with the sound that you're having. Uh, you're having trouble hearing me. So I'm going to bring Tuary on now. Great. Thank you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I was reading your notes that you couldn't hear me very well. All right. I'm going to um, hide my video now. Thanks. All right. So let's see if everybody, I just want to get a check. Uh, if you can tell me, Robin, if you can understand what I'm saying or if I sound as choppy as you did to me. <laughs> you sound great. Okay. 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 You must have just been uh, while you were doing your intro. 
<laughs> so um, I am really happy to be here. I just want to start by thanking Buddhist uh, Recovery Network and all of you for participating in this uh, short but important conversation about Dhamma and the practice. Um, and so I just want to start with a little bit of a sit, maybe a meditation to help us get a little still. And I'll do some guided um, instructions. So um, if we could just start by what I like to think of is um, just finding my feet on the ground or feet or my seat in a cushion. Just finding that uh, stability of where I am. So noticing the body, where the body's at. You can close your eyes. I like to close my eyes, but you don't have to. You can keep your eyes open. You just want to have a steady gaze. Either lower your head or lower your gaze or um, straight in front of you. But just that steady gaze that you're not going to wander. Your, your eyes aren't going to wander around. And then have a sense of the uprightness of the body. There's a groundedness with the cushion or the seat. And then there's an uprightness of the body and the torso and the head actually just sitting on your shoulders. We're not um, doing anything right here, right now. We're just being here in this present moment. And then I invite you to try to just keep your body still for just a few moments here. You're not gonna be a long time. You just keep your body still. And you can do a little scan and notice that our feet are not moving and our legs are not moving, our knees. And then moving up the body, our thighs, and notice our butt on the cushion or the chair is just sort of sitting here solid. Back is solid. Noticing our hands and our wrists and our arms, shoulders. neck is solid here. Just stop moving. Stillness. We're just going to notice the stillness for just a few moments. And noticing the head is still. Now you also might notice where you're at that there are sounds around you. You might hear sounds. See if you could notice that those sounds are moving against the backdrop of the stillness, the steadiness in the body. Maybe rising and falling, coming and going, some up close, some far away. Some soft sounds and some loud sounds. We just notice that the sounds seem to be moving in and out 
You may also notice thoughts in your head moving about. Body is still. Not moving. Thoughts in the head or wherever thoughts actually are, are just moving. Words moving. Coming and going, changing, shifting. Take a moment and notice that. Just letting it be. And finally, you might notice sensations in your body are moving. You may feel tingling moving about in the leg, even if the leg is not moving. You might feel the body's movement with the breath, the inhale and the exhale, and there's like a gentle rocking. You might notice changes in temperatures or pressure. Let's see if you can keep your attention on this awareness that the body may be still, but there's all this movement all around. We just want to let it be. So when you're ready, you can open your eyes or move the body, shift your attention to something else. Um, Today I wanna talk a little bit about what I call seeing past the impulse. And I've had a couple of people ask me, well, what does that mean? So I'm hoping I can describe that and explain that to you today so that you get a sense of it. But uh, like many of you, I have spent a a book of my life in and out of dealing with or battling with destructive habits and addictions. And, And for the most part, what I tried to do was stop behavior, stop stop destructive behavior. Because I could see the devastation or the destruction that came into my life and I saw the behavior that prompted it. 
So I'd say it was probably about 30 years ago that I um, started meditating. And when I started meditating, I, um, it seems like the more I practice, the more I could begin to see things that I hadn't never seen before. And the one thing that I, that I think struck me the, the most in the early years of my practice was when I first saw that the hardest part of habits and, and my addictions and my, just that uh, habitual destructive behavior came from um, the impulse. And it never seemed that way to me. It always seemed like the hardest part would be stopping the behavior or um, even if I were able to stop a habit, it seemed like I would just pick up another habit, uh, just replace it with something else. Like the, the habitual behavior never seemed to go away. And I, I, um, I just seemed to get trapped in the habit itself. So one of the foundations of uh, mindfulness meditation is practicing with uh, what are called feeling tones of pleasant and unpleasant and neutral. And so I started uh, practicing with this idea of pleasant, unpleasant and neutral. And I started getting interested in say, what happens when I feel unpleasant? Why is it uh, difficult for me when I feel unpleasant? What happens in the mind? What happens in the body? And I started practicing with pleasant. And how is that different than unpleasant? Uh, and for me, I lived so much of my life in a neutral state. It felt like a neutral state. Um, I just couldn't even feel into neutral and this neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And so I was ever forever trying to, to, to feel into what it felt like to be neutral. It didn't even seem real to me, a neutral sense. And so I just practiced a lot. And um, I would practice on and off with these feeling tones all the time. And the more I would sit in meditation and just feel the, the um, kind of rising and falling and, and uh, presence of these feeling tones, the more I begin to get still with them and steady with them and feel unpleasant without uh, following or making it stop. But I could feel pleasant without grasping after it. And at first it was just in my meditation that I would even work with this. But everything changed once when I was about ready to reach for a gallon of ice cream. And uh, it was just one of the habits that replaced another habit that I would just delve into eating ice cream and I would just eat the entire gallon. And I had never seen impulse before this moment. But just before I went to get this ice cream out of the freezer, I felt the impulse to go and get it. And not only did I feel the impulse to go and get it, but I saw how I was just sitting on the sofa. I saw how the mind was insisting upon me going and getting it and how consumed the mind became with it. And it's sort of like in this one little moment in time, I not only saw the impulse to get it, the, the mind's consumption and trap in it, 
but I saw the disappointment and the self-hatred that was going to come at the end of me eating all this ice cream. I just knew I was going to start eating and I would not stop until the whole gallon was gone. And there was something about seeing that entire process before I ever got up off the couch that I understood something I had not understood before. That the impulse that I felt to go and get that ice cream was the same as my meditation on pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. And that if I could just be with the impulse and see past that impulse to where it was going, and it was inevitably going somewhere, whether it ended in some kind of self-hatred or whether it ended in some kind of steadiness in the practice, it was going to end. And if I could see past that, I could build in a greater degree of stability for myself. I didn't not eat ice cream. So I don't want to give you the impression that I just sort of saw all this and I didn't eat the ice cream. But what I did was I got the ice cream and I got some scoops and I put it in a bowl and I moved away from the box. There was something about seeing that impulse that I started looking for it everywhere. So this idea of seeing past the impulse for me, and it, it takes a practice, it takes a willingness to practice with pleasant and unpleasant in stillness and quiet and this uh, ability to just be mindful and pay attention when you're not paying attention to anything else. When you don't have to do anything about feeling unpleasant, you don't have to do anything about wanting something or that pull of the pleasure. When you're interested in what is neutral in my life and what is that feeling tone and why should I even pay attention to it? When you can practice just being with those feeling tones in the safety of the world, safety of the, your practice, then you can begin to open up to um, seeing the impulse and then seeing past it. I offer that for your reflection. Thank you so much. It's really wonderful for you to share your experience with us. I can tell it's been a lifetime of practice. Yeah. Um, at this time, we're open for questions. If, um, if anyone would, has a question that occurred to them during um, Tuary's talk, or if there's some element of coaching that you would like at this time, um, please do enter your question into the chat field and send it to everyone. There's an option there to send it to everyone or to specific people. And um, we'll just give a we'll just give a minute or two for those questions to come in. 
If we don't have any, we're going to move into a, a closing period of reflection and just reflect on Tuari's words. I would um, like to um, just have you tell us a little bit about your work in the Seattle area for folks who might be in the area, either live there or might be traveling to the Seattle area so they can know where they can look you up. Sure. Um, I am one of uh, two guiding teachers at um, Seattle Insight. Um, it's uh, located in the what's called the Soto District or the South Seattle, South Downtown area. And I also run a, that usually meets on Tuesday evenings, and I also run a um, sitting group in Capitol Hill called Capitol Hill Meditation Group. Wonderful. Thank you. I've not been to Seattle, but it is time that I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a growing community yeah. there. It is definitely growing. <laughs> so just to read a comment um, sent to you by one of our participants, Deborah. Um, she says, thank you for that. I do have trouble with the neutral tone. Actually, it scares me and I pop out of it. Yeah. yeah so maybe we'll, we'll have a few minutes of uh, reflection here. I can mute myself. Tuary, we do have a question that's come in mm -hmm. um, from Aaron. Why is it difficult to see past the impulse of taking that first drink? Well, the impulse itself is where the mind gets caught. The mind gets caught in what it thinks taking that drink is going to mean. And so the mind gets caught in that and we can't see 
beyond that kind of cloudy fog that gets that we get trapped in. So when you begin to practice with pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, you can begin to feel unpleasant or feel pleasant without having to follow that impulse. If you sit with pleasant and you don't uh, follow the impulse to do whatever the mind is saying, you learn to feel into that. There is something about being willing to feel a felt sense of pleasant and unpleasant and even neutral so that the mind doesn't get trapped in boredom. There's something about being willing to feel that that then helps slows down that impulse or slows down a habit so that you can see the impulse and its conclusion before you're already in it. And it really comes from learning to be with those feeling tones before, without letting the mind tell us what to do. So I hope that helps a little bit in the answer. Just, I think I'll just add one more thing before we leave. I think I had so much difficulty growing up with unpleasantness that I never wanted to feel unpleasant. And all I thought was that leaning into the pleasure, which is why I would go on these binges eating ice cream, no matter what kind of addiction I begin to... It, it, I always found some way to find a pleasure and I would lean into that pleasure. And I always thought that it was going to be the, the support for myself until the day I saw that impulse to eat that ice cream. It's probably the first time I saw the end result before I ever took the first bite, before I ever started in on that gallon. I saw the end result. And somehow seeing the danger of the end result before I moved into the impulse brought space around it. And I don't think I ever would have seen that if I hadn't learned to be with unpleasant and be with pleasant without um, needing to follow it. Hello, everyone. It's me again. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Find us on Facebook and tell us what you think about our new project. We'd love to hear from our listeners. You could even email us at info at BuddhistRecovery.org. Again, if you'd like to know more about us, check us out at BuddhistRecovery.org to learn more about the upcoming live BRN Academy or offer Donna. Our next BRN Academy is actually with the president of the Buddhist Recovery Network, author of Eight Step Recovery and Detox Your Heart, the lovely Vimala Sara. So be sure to catch that February 3rd for the live Dharma teaching. Uh, go to BuddhistRecovery.org forward slash academy to get that info. 
and definitely subscribe so you're sure to catch us on the BRN podcast next month. May we all find what brings us peace and share that peace with our communities.